Hello, uh, and welcome to a rather interesting new game we're starting. My name's Mike, and I'll be your storyteller for tonight. I decided that to give the people who watch the channel as much content as possible that on the nights that for whatever reason we couldn't run Fallen Dragons that Robin and I would start a one-on-one -on -one Vampire the Requiem game. Um, being one-on-one, -on -one, it's going to be a little different because <laughs> that's not the normal case. And we are both just starting to learn vampire. So please bear with us as we trudge our way through the rules and all that. <laughs> I'm hoping that it'll turn out to be fun and interesting and you guys will like watching it on the nights that we play it. So, as I said, I'm Mike. I'm going to be your storyteller and I'll let my player introduce who she is and who her character is and we'll go from there. Robin. Hi, I'm Robin. You probably recognize me from the other games on the Fallen Dragons channel. Yeah. Um, tonight I am playing Winter Jameson. She owns a vampire-themed golf club in New York. And she happens to be, of course, a vampire. Um, what tradition of vampire are you? Tradition of Diva Clan and uh, Invictus Co uh, Covenant. Right. Okay. And we'll get more more into your background as the game goes. So. It's a rather cloudy fall evening in New York City. It's late September. So things are just starting to get chilly. You see people walking this round in the streets wearing jackets and such. Now, Winter's Club is in the East Village. 
does Winter live near there, or does she have to find a way to get? Actually, I live right above the club. My living quarters are, like, right above it. You, in New York City, you got lucky to find that. There, and you got lucky to be able to afford the rent to find that. The East Village is a very iconic place. Um, as I mentioned to you uh, off stream the other day, it's your club is located in the area where the first punk club opened. Um, Your club is near Washington Square Park, where you get a lot of foot traffic going by from joggers during the day and such like that. Um, but, as we know, you're not awake during <laughs> the day, so you end up missing out on all the daytime traffic. Um, how how long has Winter been in New York and how long has she been working on her club to get it open? She's only been in New York about two years. And uh, started looking around for a place to open up a club pretty much immediately. So what, the club been open for a year? Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little less, like, you know, not, uh, 10 months or so. And, well, As evening rolls around and um, darkness starts to fall, you start to stir in your small apartment above your club. What does your apartment look like? I mean, it's pretty minimalist since, like you said, you know, I'm not up during the day, so I don't need a lot of decorations or anything. No need, really, for kitchen, because don't cook, you know. <laughs> it's pretty empty, you know. And yes, I do sleep in a traditional coffin, just because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Her coffin located in your apartment. In the bedroom. <laughs> oh. You actually put it in the bedroom, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if I invite people over, I don't want them to freak out. <laughs> I don't want it in the middle of the living room. 
That was probably scare guests away. <laughs> this is true. So, do you have, I assume since you have guests occasionally, you do have like a full kitchen, but, yeah. but you so don't, don't you, use it much. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, the kitchen, the, you know, the, the couch and everything in the living room. So it pretty much looks like a normal, normal small apartment space until you walk into the bedroom. Right. Um, okay. Well, as it starts getting darker, you start to wake up inside your coffin. Um, the one downside to sleeping like this is every night you wake up kind of stiff. <laughs> and it, it takes you a few minutes to stretch and get your joints to moving again. And you push open the lid to your coffin after a few minutes and climb out. Uh, and you're now Standing in your bedroom, I would say it's approaching seven or so. What time did your club open? Uh, nine. Nine. So you have two hours to get ready and get downstairs to open to set things up to, for your for your club to open. So how does your getting ready for work sequence go? Well, although it's not strictly necessary, you know, showering is something I haven't quite gotten over from when I was alive. I still, have, you know, I still like that whole aspect. So, well, you run a club full of humans for the most part. So, showering, if nothing else, is a courtesy to them because. <laughs> Speaking of getting over things when you were human, how long has it been since you've been human? It's been five or six years. So you're actually still 
pretty new with this whole vampire thing. It's like, right. You're not a newbie per se, but it's still fresh in your mind as to what your human life was actually like. So, in your kitchen, I'm assuming you have a refrigerator. Yeah, it's it's even plugged in and everything. <laughs> Again, if I have guests over, you know, I want to be able to, I probably even have, you know, some food in there in case I have anyone over, stuff I can offer them. Well, I was going to say, if we were to open your refrigerator, what would be in it right now? <laughs> or who, for that matter? Well, I mean, there might be a few Tupperware containers that, you know, if you lifted the lid, there'd be something red in there that you wouldn't want to, you know, ask too many questions about. <laughs> And that a few, few seconds in the microwave, good as fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like it matters if your food is all that fresh or not. Uh, it's better warm. <laughs> I I I imagine it would be, but. You could eat almost anything and it's not going to, like, make you sick like it would an actual human. So, it doesn't matter either way as far as that goes. Um, Which brings us to a question. What are your normal feeding habits? Yeah, that's honestly probably one of the things I'll do in the couple hours I have before my club opens. You know, I just woke up. I'm kind of hungry. I should go find somebody to, uh, you know, take me out for a bite. And how do you do that normally without being noticed? I tend to prowl around the seedier areas, you know, feed off of homeless people here and there, people who, you know, nobody's really going to (laughs) miss. And I assume you don't feed on them enough to turn them for the most for the most part anyway. Because no. I don't think a bunch of homeless vampires would be a good thing. That would draw too much attention in your area. <laughs> right. And actually as trendy as these villages I don't imagine there's a whole lot of homeless people there. 
Now I have to go find them. And there's even less in the West Village, which is where all the East Village hippies who actually made money in their life now live. And you don't go over there very often. Right. No, I tend to find a back alley somewhere. And... So, as you're getting ready for the evening at your club, what is your quote? work outfit look like tonight? Well, like I said, my club is vampire themed, so I figure I can look like what I am without, you know, scaring too many people because I think it's just part of the part of the theme. Right. So I go with the leather pants, tight red sweater, bat earrings. Okay. And what color is your hair currently? It is jet black, but it's dyed like fire engine red at the tips. That fits. So, you have to get ready fairly quickly if you only have two hours and you're, because you have to do things to set up in the club too. And if you're going to take time to feed before that, you have to get ready fairly quickly. Right. This is the major advantage of living upstairs from your club. There's no transportation time. So, you get ready like I said, fairly quickly. And you head downstairs. Are you going to do the things you need to do to get your club open before you go feed, or are you going to do it the other way around? I think I'm going to feed first. Okay. So, why don't you describe how that whole sequence goes? Okay, well, I need to go outside and uh, jump on my Vespa. <laughs> oh, yeah, you hadn't mentioned that yet. What, yeah, what, I've never what, Vespa. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> Oh, it's bright red. I was wondering whether it was white or not. It's 
red. <laughs> in Europe, they seem to have an obsession with white ones. So I'm like, <laughs> um, so you jump on your Vespa. The thing about New York is it similar to any other big city, Chicago, uh, L.A.? They claim that there's a rush hour, but in reality, traffic never stops. Right, and it's all rush hour. <laughs> right, yeah. So, you're making your way through the cars and, you know, where are you headed? I'm headed to one of the areas where I'm likely to find, you know, people sleeping in a back alley somewhere. Well, you'd have to weave the Greenwich Village area yeah. pretty much completely to find that. And honestly, you can <laughs> pretty much find that at the first bus stop you come to. <laughs> it's like, uh, or the first 7 Eleven you happen to pass. Because um, it's. In the non-rich areas of town, it's everywhere. So, you just find the most secluded one you can find? Or... Uh, yeah, I tend to prowl in like the, you know, dark alleys. You know, but behind shops, but you know, alleyways between yeah. two places, that kind of thing. Around dumpsters, usually find some people right. you know, hanging out back there. So, okay, you're able to find an alley next to a mom and pop neighborhood grocery store just outside of. Greenwich Village. Um, you start walking down the alley and you hear a cat screech and uh a heavy thud and then you don't hear the cat anymore. And as you move through the alley toward where the in the direction of where the cat noise came from. You see this 
fairly large man. Who looks like in his younger days, he may have been a biker type, but he is now considerably older, and as you move up on him, you see that in one hand he's holding the cat, and in the other hand he's holding a pipe, which you quickly deduce that the cat annoyed him and he decided to get rid of the cat. Uh, he may have woke him up from a nap or whatever, but so what do you do as you're getting closer to this person holding a cat in a holding a pipe and a dead cat. Is he facing away from me with his back to me? Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't see you. He doesn't know you're there. Okay. Right. Um I will rush him from behind and try to push him up against the wall. Um you're, you're going to have to turn him to do that because he's facing the other open end of the alley. Okay. okay, I will try to do that. On one side, there's a pile of trash, trash bags and mm -hmm. trash can and such. On the other side, on the grocery on the market side of the alley, there's the dumpster for mm -hmm. the for the grocery market, but it's concrete on all on both sides. Mm -hmm. So, um, so how do you do this? I'll run up, grab him, turn him, and shove him in one move. Well, uh, give me a strength and dexterity roll. That's not good. Uh, two twos, a one, and a six. <laughs> uh, you, you fail at this. Yeah, apparently so. Um, but what does happen is when you grab him and try to shove him, now he realizes you're there. And he drops the cat. 
but he doesn't drop the crowbar <laughs> or pipe, excuse me. Um, and he turns on you and we now have an initiative problem. <laughs> uh, so give me an initiative roll. Uh, how do I do that? Initiative is... 10 plus your modifier. Okay, so I, I roll 110 and add the modifier to whatever I get? Right. Okay. Okay. 7. So... You get first attack on this guy. Um, he spins around, but he's basically in your face. But <laughs> when he rolled his initiative modifier, he got a one. So you get first attack. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to grab the arm holding the crowbar so or the pipe so he can't swing it at me. And at the same time, I'm going to try to bite his neck, you know, like grab his arm and then lean in and try to get him real quick. So you're still going to try and feed on him. Yeah. Um, Dude, I just woke up. I'm hungry. So, let me think, what would the defense be? Okay, um, give me a strength cord. Strength, Dexterity, and Vigor roll. Because you need Dexterity to be able to... Your Strength and Vigor will hold the pipe, but you have to have the Dexterity to make the move at the same time. Okay. Okay, so nine, seven, two, three, and six. You got one success out of that? Yeah. His defenses are were three. Mm -hmm. So you did not succeed at that either. Yeah. Um 
so the two of you are locked in this. You've got the the arm with the pipe. He's going to use his other hand to basically throw a left hook and attempt to hit you in the head. What is your defense number? Unfortunately, it's just two. Um, he's going to use uh, strength and dexterity and attempt to hit you. You said your defense is two? Yeah. So, okay. He rolls two, two eights, which means he gets um, two successes. So he actually is able to pull his left hand back and punch you in the side of the head. Um, it does two points of bashing damage, which you sort of, sh it's there, but you sort of shake it off. Vampires don't. don't. Uh, Do I need to mark off two of the health? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. With one one line across each. Right. A okay. Di okay. Diagonal line across two boxes. Um, but you can take a lot of bashing <laughs> damage. Uh, vampires pretty much ignore bashing damage. Um, but it's your turn again because you're still struggling with him with the pipe. You, you've got one free hand and so does he. Okay. So I will try to get him to drop the pipe. I'll bend his wrist back as far as I can try to snap his wrist to make him drop the pipe. Okay. Um, what would that be? Um, that would be a dexterity and vigor roll. How? How? What's your dice pool for that? Three. <laughs> okay. Uh, eight, four, and a one. So that obviously fails. Nope. Yeah. Um. He's going to do what he did the first time. 
He's hoping that if he punches you in the head enough, you'll let go. He got one success out of that, so he punches you again, but it doesn't do quite the same amount of damage as it did the first time. So you cross off one, one bashing damage. So next round well at this point i'm beginning to see the futility of this and i'm sort of on a time constraint so i'm gonna let go of him i'm gonna grab the dead cat and i'm gonna run out of the alley jump back on my Vespa, and eat the cat as i'm heading out because well at least i've got something okay <laughs> you are perfectly allowed to do that. Um, the guy is standing there like, like this alcohol is getting to me. I, I don't even know what that just was. So, You're headed back to the club, which takes you a few minutes, but you are able to make it back before nine o'clock, which is when your club opens. Um... How many pe how many people do you have on staff at the club? Or is it just you? No, I've got an another bartender, I've got a bouncer, and that's about it, just the two of them. So you've got a bouncer and a bartender. You don't have waitresses, you just People just come up to the bar and get drinks and stuff. Right. Um, is there a dance area? Is there a dance yeah. floor area? Yeah. Now, is it a regular dance floor? Is it a mosh pit? Or what is it? Oh, it's a regular dance floor. Um, Um, nine o'clock comes around, and by then you have everything set up. Um, describe your bouncer and your bartender. Are, are you guys friends or... They just employees, or how did that work? Uh, the 
bouncer is just an employee. The bartender is also a vampire and someone that I'm sort of dating. Sort of? <laughs> um, okay. Bouncer's a human. But yeah, the bar bartender's a vampire. Hmm. For each of the male, female... Bartender's female, bouncer's male. Okay. So... Um... The bartender has the bar set up as necessary and the bouncer just standing in front of the front door. As it gets to be nine o'clock, you notice that the customary line starts. Um, the bartender had the or the bouncer had the clipboard with yeah, had the pencil and a clipboard. This is the VIP list. And the line grows, especially as it gets darker. And the bouncer starts letting people in a little at a time. And then He stops the line because, and you can see this by looking out the window next to the door, a man in a three-piece suit is standing in front of him, is facing the bouncer, and Seems like they're having a bit of a conversation. And um, you see your bounder. By the way, what is your bouncer's name? Dexter. Dexter, okay. And what is your bartender's name? Natalie. Okay. Do you know what... tradition of vampire Natalie is? No, or, I've never asked her. Or... 
How long have you and Natalie been sort of dating? Very recent, about three months. Okay. Um... You see Dexter turn around and look at you through the window and motion for you to come outside. So I'll go out and I'll ask, is there anything I can do for you? I'll ask the uh, guy in the three-piece suit that. And you immediately notice the pin on his lapel. He says, Hello, my name is Tanner Garrett. I am, shall we say, the local Invictus rep in your area. Nice to meet you. Um, please let me know if I'm wrong, but according to my notes, your name is Winter Jameson, and... That's correct, yes. Are you the owner of this club? I am. This is, this is my club. Okay. Um, can, can we go inside and... have a conversation <laughs> absolutely i will i'll tell dex it's okay I'll, i've got this mm-hmm. and i'll leave tanner inside i'll take him to the like to a back booth where it's i mean i, I would say quiet but not really because there's music and everything but you know where we at least have some privacy Are you, are you going to offer Tanner a drink, or what, how, how pleasant and polite are you going to be to this man? Um, professional, just very professional. Like, you know. Okay. So. Um, and I figure he's not going to want a drink of anything we serve at the bar, so. Um, vampires drink. Do they? Yes. I did not know that. In fact, when necessary for appearance factor, they even eat human food. Oh, okay. It doesn't do anything for them. I would assume it would make them sick, actually. No. 
Um, but, you know, if they're trying to blend in with a group, they can do that. Oh, okay. Well, knowing that, then yes, I'll ask him if he wants anything uh, on the house, of course, and I'll let <laughs> Natalie know that that's the case. Um, he, he smiles slightly and says, Can your bartender make an actual Bloody Mary? A real one. I'm assuming I know what that means. Does Natalie keep a supply of blood behind the bar? Well, yeah, for her and myself. Okay. And is this your uh, covenant rep? You, <laughs> you know, you want to treat him properly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you have Natalie make him a Bloody Mary minus the celery. He's like, I'm not into vegetables. Uh, <laughs> And she brings it over. What does Natalie look like? She's uh, pretty tall. She's like almost six feet, but not where she's like, you know, five nine. But for a woman, she's pretty tall. Okay. Uh, dark brown skin, black hair. Gorgeous. I mean, she could be a model. Uh-uh. Maybe she was when she was alive. I don't know. <laughs> so would you say when she was turned, she was like in her mid to late 20s? or? Uh, she was probably in her early 20s, like 23, oh, 22, 23. Yeah. So she comes over and sets the drink in front of him. Says if there's anything else, just I'll be at the bar. And turns and heads back to the bar. Tanner takes a sip of his Bloody Mary and nods approvingly. Is, um, the reason I've come to talk to you is actually there's a couple of reasons. One is to introduce myself, and two, um, I don't know if you've noticed. Do you take the subway at all? Uh, Only when I really need to. It's something I try to avoid. I 
seeing your vehicle outside, I sort of guessed that. Um, we've had a odd rash of incidents recently. Subway operators have been turning up as vampires. And that's not normal. At least the Invictus do not feed on subway operators because that would cause it's too easy to be seen doing that in a yeah, I was just going to say that sounds a little too uh, public. Yes. Um, there's been four so far in the last two weeks. And you have no idea who's doing this? Actually, we think we do, but, and that's the reason I'm here, because the vampire we think that is doing this has been seen in this area, and um, he's a gangrel, which would seem to fit because they don't really, um, how can I put this politely, have quite as much self-control mm -hmm. as other clans might. Um, and we were wondering if he had been a patron in your club or not. I do see a lot of people in here. I would say probably 90% even 95% of my patrons are human, mortals. Yeah. It's just that we could uh, very easily envision him trying to fit into this sort of crowd that would patronize your club. Uh, do you see him in here now? Point him out to me if you do. Well, we have a description. Um, I didn't see him when I came in, but I, w I also wasn't looking at the line behind me. Eh. 
And by now, the line is actually fairly long and the place is starting to fill up. Um, so I'll tell him if he wants to give me a description or if he has a, uh, no, he wouldn't have a photograph. Vampires don't no. have a photograph. <laughs> if he wants to give me a description, I will uh, keep an eye out for sure. Oh, as a point in Requiem, you can show up on a photograph, but the image is blurry. Right, that's what I was thinking. It wouldn't be any good as an identifier. Yeah, it's just blurry enough that you couldn't, you can tell somebody or something is there, but you yeah, you can't see him clearly enough to identify him. Uh, does that go for, like, security video cameras as well? Would vampires yeah. be blurry on that? Yeah. Humans would show up normally, but you'd mm -hmm. see this human-sized-looking blur if they were standing next to somebody. Um, most humans see it as a glitch. They, they're like, oh, that must be a camera issue. But it's not. <laughs> um, <coughs> he gives you a description. We're not sure what his name is. We know he's a gangrel. And we also know that he's been seen coming and going from the uh, nearest Waikia Sanctum building, which we think that this has something to do with the church, basically. What they need with subway drivers, I have no idea, but he's been seen going in and out several times, so we're assuming there's a reason for that, because he doesn't look like the type that would, you know go in for <laughs> services and prayers and such. He says he's about 6'3", 200 pounds. 
um, sort of spiky, messy, bleach blonde hair. Tattoo on each arm. Um, where's one of those thin leather spiked dog collar type things? Which fits for a gangrel? Yeah, sounds like he'd fit in with my clientele too. I'm not surprised you would uh, suspect that he comes in here sometimes. Uh, wouldn't fit in in a sanctum building, really. Uh, but one never knows. Um, and with that, he takes another drink of his Bloody Mary and hands you a business card. And it says... Um, Tanner Garrett Invictus rep. Like it was the company that he worked for. Um, phone number, email, uh, Twitter handle, the whole, you know, all the social media. <laughs> And so I'll ask him, so if I do happen to see this guy in here, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to give you a call, or do you want me to apprehend him, or um, what? Right now, give me, give me a call, because we're still in the early stages of the investigation, so we're still trying to gather information um, and we're not sure what his capabilities are as of yet so unless he he initiates something <laughs> don't <laughs> okay um, now if he attacks one of your club members or you or Natalie, that's another story. Uh, and, oh, another thing. This is just a suggestion. You might want to at some point 
get a bouncer that's one of us. Well, that could be easy enough. Because if this gangrel we're looking for were to attack your human bartender or not bartender bouncer he wouldn't stand a whole lot of chance against the gangrel that size so just for future reference well he's a good bouncer I mean I could just turn him uh, uh, as a point of etiquette, you might want to be careful because you start turning too many and not only are the other clans in the area going to notice but the humans will notice and uh, by the way I've actually never turned anybody in my life and, death, whatever and I'm just stating that the last thing you want is for the humans to notice Right. Well, I guess I could do that, but I'd like to keep Dex on the payroll, too. He's a good guy. Well, I'm just saying I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying discretion above all else <laughs> when doing that. And since you have a vampire bartender, having a vampire bouncer would just sort of fit. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, you have my contact information. If anything comes up, you can contact me. For that matter, if you need anything, from the Invictus. All you have to do is contact me. Okay. And uh, based on this description, no, I don't think I've seen this guy in here, but like I said, I'll keep my eyes open. Yeah. And I'll let you know if I do. And, you know, when I'm in the area, I'll pop by check on things and make sure the club is doing okay and that the humans aren't getting too suspicious about whatever happens to be going on. Because goth people may think they're into that whole thing. 
but if if reality were to occur, right? They wouldn't be quote into it quite as much as they think. Although with me that was the case. I mean, I you know, I'm living the dream now. Well. <laughs> Uh, as far as the bounce is concerned, was there someone you had in mind, or do you have any idea of how I can go about uh, searching for vampires? I can't exactly put an ad in the paper, you know? Well, that is what, that would be one thing that I could do for you now that we've Matt, there are advantages to being connected to the Invictus. We tend to be more the business type, finance type. Uh, we have access to funds and people. And in fact, if you, shall we say, don't cause a whole lot of difficulty and do what we ask you on the occasion that we do ask you. Moving up in the ranks of Invictus as a club owner could be a good thing for you. So, just something to keep in mind. Um, in fact, maybe one day, or better put, one evening, I will introduce you to the Prince of the City. He has tendencies that might not be a bad thing as far as your club is concerned. He does it privately, however. So, but... If things go well, introductions can be made. Um, as far as Dexter is concerned, if you really want to keep him on the payroll, yeah, invite him up. 
oh, I meant as well as I might have two balancers. Uh, well, yes. Uh, if the club gets well known and you get really busy. And if I have to, I can just have him uh, wait tables. This is true. I just, I don't want to fire him at all. <laughs> well, yes. Um, he leans over the table and goes, you could make a ghoul out of him. Uh, a what? A ghoul. He would, he would become your personal servant along with being a bouncer at the club. Which has feeding advantages. Oh. That actually has some appeal to it, considering I had to settle for cat blood this evening. No. <laughs> no. You have to fix that. <laughs> yeah. For that matter... Natalie is available. You, you should have requested. You should have checked to have seen if Natalie would allow it. Cause given the choice between a cat and that, you always need a backup plan. <laughs> Yes, I don't really like fur in my teeth. Uh, yeah, best to stay away from animals if at all possible. So. He finishes his drink and stands up and extends a hand, says, very nice to meet you and chat with you. Um, if you need anything, give me a call. It was nice yeah. to meet you. It's always nice to meet uh, others in the area. Well. See, that is something that I can assist with now that I've met you. Get you in touch with other Invictus members. And, you know, we have get-togethers and parties and such. Okay, so... That might be helpful for finding a uh, less human bouncer. <laughs> um, 
what are the hours of your club? In fact, do you have a business card to give him for the club? Yeah, I'll, I'll go up to the, I keep them behind the bar, so I'll go up and grab one. Okay. And the hours are 9 to 3.30. So. 9 to 3.30, okay. Is that seven days a week? Or? Yeah, seven days a week. Okay. Well... Um, somewhere in the future, you might want to hire a manager in case you want to come to an Invictus party instead of be at the club. <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Oh, something else to keep in mind. If you are at some point into the future introduced to the prince of the city, Mr. Vale, and he ever asks you to do anything for him, Yes. Exactly. He he is not a person. Cornelius Vale is not a person that anyone says no to. I will keep that in mind. Because if they do make such a silly error. You don't see them again. Okay. <laughs> Just the heads up. And you would most likely be seeing him in person. He'd, he does not deal well with our modern technology. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, very nice man, but I wouldn't upset him if you know what I mean. Yeah, I try not to upset people in general. Yeah, that's if all. They get, up, they get upset, I get upset, I show them my fangs, things go self from there. Yeah, you end up having to deal with situations you didn't really want to have to deal with. Yeah. So, and with that, after you give him the business card, he says goodnight and walks out of the club So, what are you going to do after that? I'll, I'll kind of look around to see if this guy's in here. Doesn't look like he is. <laughs> um, 
at current it doesn't. Um, Tanner said he's been seen in the area. They don't know if he's ever walked into your club or not. So. But keeping an eye out for him in the area would probably be a good idea. Because the more subway operators are attacked, the more media involvement there's going to be and police involvement neither of which is something you really want your club to have to deal with. No, no. So, so I will um, kind of confer with Natalie. I'll tell her about, you know, I'll give her the description of this guy and tell her to keep an eye out too. Yeah. And I'll mention what you said about Dexter and ask what she thinks we ought to do, you know, because like I said, I don't really want to fire him, but. Um, how well, we know you're dating Natalie. Mm -hmm. How well do you get along with Dexter? Well, he's a very good employee. Um, like, we get along well. I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're definitely on friendly terms. And I like the way, you know, I like the work he's done for me. So, If you had to describe Dexter, what does Dexter look like? He's, you know, he's not super tall, but he's, like, stocky. He's, like, a bouncer type, definitely. Um, you said Natalie was 5'9". Is Dexter mm -hmm. taller than Natalie? He's actually, he's, like, 5'8". He's a little shorter, uh, but very, like, well-built. Uh, yeah. Um, he works out. <laughs> well, of course. Everybody and their mother works out today. Especially if you're working as a bouncer. Yeah. yeah, you're working in the East Village of New York at night as a bouncer, yeah. Right, you can't be like twig thin. Right. <laughs> Weigh 90 pounds, that would be bad. Unless you have a Desert Eagle 50 caliber on your belt, no. Uh, which I wouldn't be surprised. The bus drivers in New York carry guns, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Natalie turns to you and goes, well, you want to keep him and 
Mr. Garrett said it's okay. Make him one of us. That was my first thought. I mean, should I tell him that's what I'm going to do? Or... I... I've never turned anyone before. Natalie's surprised. She's like, you've got to be kidding me. No. You've been a vampire for how long? About five and a half years. And you've never turned anybody? No. I've killed a few people. Uh, quick content warning. <laughs> I should have said this at the beginning. Um, this is an adult program <laughs> uh, there is going to be at least inferred sexual themes if not described so just a bit of a warning uh, if that's something you wish not to have to ha handle uh, pause and come back later in the video <laughs> um, and that's going to be an ongoing thing as far as this vampire game goes. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Natalie leans over she's like when you were human, did you ever have a relationship with a guy? Tried once, but not into them. Did you ever have sex with a guy? No. Is that, is that uh, part of turning something? No. <laughs> it was just an idea I had. <laughs> uh, the idea was 
you and I either go to your apartment or my apartment and bring Dexter and have dinner, have drinks. Have the three of us have some fun and in process Dexter becomes one of us. Huh. Uh, um, that could be interesting. Because you know if Dexter is, has a, quote, very pleasant evening, maybe dying won't be quite so traumatic for him, if you get my drift. Yes. And is it really dying, though? Well, I mean, it is, but... It is. <laughs> but we're uh, still here. Well, yeah, but we don't interact with the humans the way we used to. <laughs> no, I uh, made that mistake. And most of the time our diet is considerably different. So, yeah. That sounds like an interesting idea. Do you think Dex would be... Yeah, he'd be willing. <laughs> He's she, a guy. <laughs> she says, for one, he doesn't look half bad. And two, it's most guys dream to have a threesome, okay? Right, that's, that's why I stopped myself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, so. I mean, I don't know if he's got a girlfriend or not, but again, he's a guy. This is a, any guy's dream, right? Yeah. Even if he has one, he's not going to rush home and tell her anything. Well, I was just wondering if, you know, he would refuse us if he did, but... Uh, uh, I mean, I am his boss. I could pull that card if I had well, to. Well, and Natalie sort of smiles and... Does one of your standard model poses and goes, Do you really think he would say no? No, I don't. So, yeah. Um, Especially if we started getting frisky in front of them, he'd. That would definitely eliminate any reservation he might have. 
Yeah. And plus, after whatever night this occurs on, girlfriend isn't going to be in the picture anymore. Because... Not during the day, anyway. Because poor Dexter's going to be dead. So, <laughs> so and... So I don't think we have to worry much about that. Oh, what did you think about this Tanner fellow? Well, I think uh, having an in with the uh, others around here may be a good idea. Maybe he can facilitate that for us. Because I heard him say something about Prince of the City. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, if things go well, whatever that means, I think it meant if I'm compliant with what Tanner wants, then he may, you know, facilitate an introduction with the Prince. seen him once. Have you? Haven't met him. Do you know anything about this whole subway drivers turning into vampires thing? Have you heard anything? This is the first I've heard of it. Only what I've heard on the, on the news. Um... It's happened in areas of the city, like opposite here. It hasn't happened on the lines that run through here. Um, Prince of the city is from my best guess he was turned, looks like in his mid-50s. He's actually fairly handsome. He's about 6'4". He's bigger than Dexter. Uh... And from what I've been, what I've heard through rumors and such is he's in the neighborhood of 600 years old. So, and extremely rich. I imagine you'd have to be extremely rich for people to refer to you as the prince of the city. Oh, and by the way, what that means, if you do not know, is when any other vampire in the city, when he says, do this, 
they all do this. Yes, Taylor all, mentioned that. All of them. <laughs> and when a new vampire enters the city, they have to meet with him. Which, I'm wondering if this little meeting with Tanner, other than the subway issue, was the beginning of that process, because I don't, I assume you've never met the man. No. I haven't either, which, and I've been here a while, so that surprises me that I haven't been introduced as of yet. Um, but within Vampire Society, he is like, <laughs> he would be the mayor of New York City if he was human. He, he's like, the leader of the city, what he says happens. So, just in case. Um, but, uh, when would, would you like to have this little get-together with this little staff meeting, as we'll put it. Staff meeting? <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have to be after we close the club for the night. Yeah. We could always announce that on a Sunday or something due to prior commitments, the club was closing a little early. Like, instead of 3.30, you could close it at, like, 2. Yeah. That way we'd have a few hours before sunrise occurred. Right. <laughs> Because we do have to watch out for that. Yes. For, for anybody who isn't familiar with how Requiem works, garlic doesn't matter. Uh, the only thing that will really kill you is prolonged exposure to sunlight or if you take enough aggravated damage you can't heal and that's pretty much all you really have to worry about so Um, and with that, she, she go, uh, she go, 
one of your patrons comes up to the bar in order to drink, she's like, real quick before she leaves, let me know when you want to do this, and do you want to talk to Dexter, or do you want me to do it? I'm the owner of the club. I'll do it. Okay. And I'm thinking night after tomorrow gives us time to print up some notices about the early closing. And... That, that works. And with that, she goes back to pouring drinks you look oh you basically look over the club because you haven't really gotten a chance to with the whole Tanner Garrett meeting and such it's fairly full it's not at capacity quite yet but it's still early there's several people on the dance floor. Looks like Natalie's gonna be busy at the bar. Uh, Dexter's still standing outside with his clipboard and letting people in a few at a time. He's turned away a couple of them. Uh, you don't know whether they were humans trying to get in or other vampires he just didn't feel comfortable about. So, but, so if Sunday is night after next, this is a Friday night. It looks like it's going to be a fairly busy Friday night so far. Um, As you're just turning away from... uh, Looking at Dexter, you glimpse something out of the window, out of the corner of the window. Um, Don't know what the perception skill in Vampire is. Too used to playing D&D, guys. (laughs) Right, like... I'm not sure there's an investigation, but I don't see anything that would be like perception, intelligence or wits, maybe. Yeah, give, give me a, well, give me an intelligence and investigation. Okay. We'll go with that. 
Because which is more streetwise sort of thing? Two tens, a one, and a six. Uh, roll the two tens over. Uh, it's a five and a six. So, you would have gotten two successes, but the one takes one away. <laughs> so, you got one success. As you were turning from the window, you glance over. And... At the back of the line, well, even behind the back of the line, sort of hanging out, trying not to really be noticed much, is this man that fits the description of the guy that Tanner told you about. Um, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go call Tanner. Uh, I think I'll go into the bathroom in the back where it's a little quieter from the music and less people uh, hear me and wonder what's going on. So nah. uh, Now this is like the staff bathroom, not the mm -hmm. cust right. not the customer bathroom because <laughs> right. there are already lines for those. Yeah. Uh so you go into the staff bathroom and close the door and muffle some of the music. You call Tanner. Mm -hmm. Like, hello, Miss Jameson. I wasn't expecting to hear from you quite this quickly. Yeah, um, that uh, vampire you were telling me about, the gangrel, he is currently outside of my club, skulk skulking around the back of the line to get in. Oh, okay. I think what I will do is I think I will change clothes out of this suit and I think I will attend your club this evening. Tell Dexter if this vampire wants to come, allow him in. Okay. And I will be there within the half hour. Okay. I'll and let him know. I just want to see what this person does. 
and if there becomes a problem, I will be there. Thank you for your cooperation, Miss Jameson. I will see you soon. Okay, see you. And he hangs up the phone. So I will go up front and I'll get Dexter's attention. I'll kind of tap him on the shoulder. And, uh, and I'll point the, I'll say, uh, the guy in the back of the line there with the spiky hair, if he can, you know, when he gets to the front of the line, make sure you let him in, okay? And Dexter goes, looks kind of shifty to me, but. Yeah, there's a. Uh... Someone's going to be here shortly to uh, take, you know, just keep an eye on him. You know the guy that was in the freaky suit that you were talking to earlier? Yeah. And he's surprised, he's surprised at the situation. Oh, so he was somebody important? Yes. He just looked. He just looked really out of place to me in a three-piece suit. I... Well, he did mention he was going to change his clothes, so... Seemed pleasant enough. I just <laughs> felt kind of odd about letting him in, that's all. Well, um, presumably he'll look more... Uh integrated yeah. <laughs> one would hope because if he doesn't he's gonna f freak your customers out right this isn't really the uh, three-piece suit kind of crowd they'll think he's a you know, undercover cop or something <laughs> and it'll right. be... think he's FBI. <laughs> yeah that, uh, and that would not be good for business in the club. <laughs> um, but if you want me to let him in, let this guy in. If he attempts to come in, I'll let him through. Okay. So how's it going in there tonight? Looks like we are doing pretty good. Uh, it's Friday night, I expect we would, but you never know. Yeah, that looks pretty busy up there. Yeah. Um, she might need to order more alcohol soon. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, talking about closing a little early on Sunday, you know, two o'clock for a, uh, a mandatory staff meeting, you know, there's stuff you and that and I need to discuss about the club. Okay. Hi. Oh. <laughs> I'll be here. I would have been here anyway, so... Okay. Um, I'll 
print up some flyers so the customers know we're closing in a little early that night. Okay. I can, uh, like, actually, if you get them done by tomorrow night, I can just hand them out to the people in line that show up Saturday. Okay. You know, Saturday's always our busy, busiest nice. night of the week, so we'll, we'll probably end up getting most of our getting them out to most of our customers tomorrow. Right. You know, and it's just just basic stuff. And, you know, we need to go over, like you said, uh, talk about ordering alcohol, that kind of thing. Make sure we have enough funds hanging around to do that. Right. Goth club without alcohol would be a bad thing. Yes. But not a problem. So you go, you head back into the club. Um, and exactly about a half an hour later, this guy that's a good six three uh, with rather dark blonde hair and leather jacket, leather pants, uh, rock slayer t shirt, you know, you know, motorcycle boots walks into the club and it's Tanner. And you notice the reason that he has the outfit that he has is that you look out the door, there's a Harley Davidson sitting in the parking lot. This hello, Ms. Jameson, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. You look uh, different than you did earlier. Yeah, I... No. The bike outside's how I actually get to work. I don't change into my suit till I get to work. Yeah, you might look a little uh, funny riding down the street in a three-piece suit on a Harley. I don't know. You'd be surprised what you see in the Wall Street district. <laughs> there are guys on motorcycles with three-piece suits running around there all the time. But... Weather can be nasty on a bike. It's better to have a leather. <laughs> um, and when Tanner gets there, this guy is still sort of just skulking around. He hasn't made an attempt to get in line or anything. 
it just sort of almost pacing behind the line like he's waiting for something. Do you point him out to Tanner at this point? I'll ask if he saw him out there when he was coming in. He says, actually, I did. Um, so that's the guy, huh? Fits your description. We still don't know his name. Well, you're discussing that. Um, you you hear Natalie scream from behind the bar, and she points out the window. And this this guy has literally leaped onto one the guy in the back of the line. Um, and now has him pinned on the ground. And Dexter literally tosses his clipboard, runs over and tries to pull this dude off the guy. But with one arm, he reaches up and shoves Dexter in the chest. And you see Dexter literally land like 50. 15 feet away <laughs> and he lands and yeah he doesn't hit his head but you can see him where he landed pretty hard he shakes his head a little bit and is trying to get back up, but you can tell in his human form that he would be, even the size he is, he would be no match for this. Yeah. The gangrel could just tear him apart if he wanted to, like he's proceeding to do with his poor schmuck at the back of the line who didn't see him coming. So, what are you going to do? I'll 
tell Nat to hand me the shotgun that's under the bar and I'll run <laughs> out there with it. <laughs> so, you walk out shotgun in hand uh tanner's like no 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 <laughs> well you're not gonna kill him but you really don't want to do this out in the parking lot of your club i'm not gonna shoot him i'm just gonna threaten him with it <laughs> Tanner walks out behind you <laughs> and you walk up to the guy and literally put the shotgun in his face and you're so what do you tell him? How does this go? I'll be like, what the hell are you doing? This is my club. You need to get you need to get out of here. And he looks up at you, surprised that anybody would attempt to stop him. And you can see his eyes are extremely bloodshot. And it's like, he hasn't slept or fed in days. And he's basically in what they, what they call in vampire terms, frenzy. He's, um, there is a point at which the vampire part of you takes over and sort of shoves the hum humanity part of you to the back of the line. <laughs> and this is what's happened with him. Uh, because turning these um, subway operators ha, has lowered its humanity level to the point where he's going after anything he can get hold of now. Now, is the guy he attacked dead? Uh, let me check. Yeah. And are the rest of the people in line freaking the fuck out? Yeah. That's pretty much a given. It's like, because this dude's bleeding out all right. over okay. the parking lot. So I'm going to tell Dexter to let the rest of the people in the club, get them in as quickly as he can, just get them all inside. He does so, 
um, and Tanner Bay walks up behind this gangrel and just grabs him by the head <laughs> and picks him up off of this guy. But it's too late. This this half of this dude's throat is missing. His <laughs> what's left of the blood in him has spilled out under the parking lot. Um, and Tanner basically he has him like a foot off the ground. He just picked him up by the sides of his head and <laughs> lifted him. And he's squeezing the side of his, both sides of his head. And he's like, who are you and who do you work for? <laughs> and the guy is just growling. He's almost past human speech at this point. Because when your humanity gets past a certain point, you, you lose the ability to speak human anymore. And Seeing that it's not really going to do any good to try and communicate with this guy. He basically grabs him by the hair by one hand and punches him in the face with the other hand and knocks him out. I mean, literally, <laughs> the dude is... And he and Tanner starts going through his clothing, looking for identification and such. And finds his wallet. And and looks through it and goes Whoever he's working for isn't paying him very well. He's got like 40 bucks in his wallet. Um, and the ID card says, yeah, Ralph Johnson. But the interesting part that he finds is, um, The card behind his wallet says R Ralph Johnson, uh, Deacon at the cent the Central Manhattan Waikia Center. Upon finding that Tanner's like, okay, this is getting weird. 
this isn't some guy they just hired. This is actually a member of them who seems to have lost it, putting it politely. Right. Gone feral. <laughs> you wouldn't think an actual church member would do that. Um, one that is actually like almost clergy. <laughs> so there's definitely something odd going on here. Uh, he picks a, he pulls his cell phone out of his pocket because <laughs> even vampires have cell phones. <laughs> and uh, he dials a number and says, Hello, this is Tanner Garrett. I need a clean-up crew at whatever the address of the club is. Because <laughs> well, he, he didn't take the time to pull your card out of his pocket. Um, and so he, cause it, so he asks you what the address is, and he tells the guy on the phone, And he's like, okay, you say you'll be here in 10 minutes. I'll wait out front of the club for you. And hangs up. He says, oh, by the way, if it's ever necessary, and then he gives, he gives you the number he just called. Okay. This is what we call our cleanup crew. They take care of messy situations. Does stuff like this happen a lot? Not specifically like this, but they can also uh, say a human identified you. They they have ways of taking care of that sort of thing, too. Oh, that would have come in handy back in Maine. <laughs> really? Yeah. I suppose there's a story there. <laughs> How about we go get a drink after the cleaners come and sit down and you tell me that story. Okay. Could do that. Always good to know know the backgrounds of our people. So, exactly ten minutes after he hangs up the call, the, this... Literal. It looks like a clean, like a you know, cleaning truck. 
the white panel van, the whole thing. And two guys in three-piece suits get out of the out of the panel van, walk up to Taylor. Yeah, you hear him. Yeah, you know, he points to the guy who's like unconscious, and then he points to the guy that's like half there. <laughs> You hear him giving instructions and such. They start. <laughs> they go back to the van and get bags and cl- clean up stuff. And yeah, looks like your standard industrial cleanup thing. Uh, except one of them has odd-looking handcuffs which you've never seen before. And so I should go in and try to calm like my clientele down yeah. because they're probably kind of upset right now. And, da- and Tanner walks in behind you. And when you get there, Natalie, you see Natalie and De- Dexter already, you know, trying to chill the people out. <laughs> Natalie calls you over to the bar for a second and goes, do we have enough alcohol to give free drinks? Because that, that might Probably help. A good, yeah, I was going to suggest that. Uh, but first, I'm going to try to, like, I'll turn the music down just temporarily and try to get, like, people's attention, and I'm going to explain to them that what happened outside was just, you know, some psychopath who was obviously on drugs, and, you know, that kind of thing doesn't typically happen in my club, and it wasn't something I could have foreseen, and I'm, you know... But it has been taken care of. He's been arrested. So, you know, guys don't need to worry. One guy's like, Saturday night in the bad part of New York City. (laughs) And it's like Greenwich Village was supposed to be nicer than this. You know, it nine times out of ten it is. This is just that was I don't even know what that was. <laughs> but like I said, the situation's been taken care of and drinks are on the house tonight for everybody. Na- Natalie goes, We're definitely gonna have to put in an alcohol order tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I lean over and I tell her, Yeah, that's I told Dex that's what the meeting for is on Sunday, is to talk about stuff like that. <laughs> so we're a go on that, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> okay. And give, and Natalie goes and given how Dexter was sort of tossed Inefficient. around. Um. <laughs> yeah. uh, he might not be as 
against this as he might have been before. And then she, then she thinks for a second and goes, could you see a guy Dexter size whose tanner is actually bigger than Dexter? But she goes, can you see a guy Dexter size with vampire strength? Well, my, you know, might uh, improve his abilities as a bouncer. <laughs> Definitely won't get tossed around again. <laughs> so, so, yeah. He might, he might have to, you know, be careful when he tosses people around, especially for, you know, the first few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Before he learns his strength. Have to get used to that a bit. And Tanner walks up next to you, like, I could see where Dexter would come in handy. But like I said, Tanner's actually bigger than Dexter, and Cornelius is bigger than Tanner. <laughs> so, so... You know, that gives you an idea of how big Cornelius is. He says, yeah, I have a Cornelius story I'll never forget. We were at a restaurant and a maquette gave him grief over the bill in the restaurant. Cornelius grabbed the dude and literally pulled, grabbed his neck and pulled his head clean off in the middle of the restaurant and then proceeded to finish his dinner Oh, I bet there was some damage control concerning the other diners that night. Yeah. Because that's not something you normally forget. No. But it also sent a fairly solid message to the other kindred in the restaurant. <laughs> As you might expect. <laughs> Nobody interrupts Cornelius' dinner anymore. <laughs> I would hate to have been the cleaning crew for that one. Um, why don't you get those drinks and tell me your story? Okay, so I ask uh, Nat for a couple of those Bloody Marys. By the way, he 
uh, when you do that, he's uh, turned his head and goes, by the way, you do a good job with those. Your boss picked a good bartender. <laughs> and Natalie just sort of smiled. And the two of you go to the same back booth you were in earlier in the evening and sit down. He goes, so what is this about Maine you mentioned earlier? Uh, well, that's where I lived when I was alive. <laughs> okay. And that's where I was turned. So how did that go? Well, it was, I mean, the circumstances surrounding it were a little traumatic. I was almost killed and, you know, the, the girl who turned me did it to save my life. Okay. But the whole, uh, you know, needing a cleanup crew to take care of someone who uh, called me out was a totally different circumstance. That, uh, you know, let me put it this way. It's not a great idea to fall in love with a mortal. No, not generally. Especially not when they find out you're a vampire and then they fall in love with someone else and want to get rid of you, so they go to the cops and tell them that uh, they know who killed this, you know, couple of homeless people and point you out as a murderer just to get rid of you. Uh, yeah, that... Sounds like a bad day all the way around. That's why I'm not in Maine anymore. I kind of ran. I came here. Because uh. the uh, cops there want me for murder, which, I mean, yeah, I, I did kill them, but I was just eating. Yeah. Cops have this odd attitude about that. That's why we tend not to do it in front of them very much. Well, the thing is, she didn't even know. I mean, I didn't tell her that I, you know, fed up these two people. She had no idea. She just told the cops that. How did she find out you were a vampire anyway? I have no idea. Leave the, leave the coffin out in the living room, <laughs> did you? No, I have no idea. I did everything I could to keep it from her. So either, you know, maybe she hadn't followed. I don't know. <sighs> oh. <laughs> maybe one of the vampires I hung out with told her. I... Well, 
If that happened, they could have assumed that since you were dating, that she knew already and was cool with it. Yeah. I mean, even after she found out, she seemed to be cool with it until she decided she wanted to dump me. And instead of just doing that, she set me up. Well, she probably figured that was a... The only way she could protect herself from you. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have killed her just for dumping me. Unless <laughs> I was really, really hungry at the time. Yeah. <laughs> then I might have. So, like, darn, I'm out of ramen. I gotta do something. <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, so you came to New York. What made you open this place? It's sort of always been my dream to own a golf club. Well, I gotta say, you're a vampire. It's the best place to fit in, I guess. Well, that's what I figured, even if, you know, my patrons suspect that I'm a vampire, they'll just kind of think, nah, it's just the whole persona. Right. <laughs> I will say, I don't think it'd be good for business if Suddenly, there was a lot of extra vampires in the area, if you get my drift. Yeah, no. Uh. But. <laughs> but I can't keep eating cats. Well, no. <laughs> Have you? I mean, for one thing, do you know how little blood there is in those things? Well, yeah, and especially that one. <laughs> in the condition it was in, yeah. Um, so I take it you are pretty new at this. Uh, the whole uh, fangy thing? Yeah. Yeah, but I've been a vampire about five and a half years. So, mm. in all, pretty new, I guess. That would make me, what, like five years old? And vampire years, yeah. <laughs> yes, I meant. Um, after... You were turned, were you taught much of anything? I had some teaching, yes. There was a group of vampires I integrated myself with. And yes, they, they taught me stuff.
how when you first you know how are you feeding now? How am I feeding now? Who are you feeding on? Where are you doing it? Uh, go to the poorer parts of town, uh, alleyways, look for homeless people, you know, people without families who won't be missed. Uh, yeah. That's how most new vampires feed until you get a established feeding ground and or a group of people that will let you feed on them. I mean, I suppose ones that work a graveyard in the hospital have it pretty good. They could just, you know, go to the storage. Well, yeah, blood banks are handy. Um, which is something you can do. You can walk into, like, one of those places to donate blood. And you can actually work out a deal with them. Um. Or if you wanted to be really sneaky, you could dress as a transport driver and steal their truck. And, you yeah. know. Well, we want you to feed. We don't want you to be committing crimes while you're doing it. Once again, too much media exposure and such. So, um, well, I will keep an eye on things and where and when I can help. I will. Uh, yours. What are you? What are you going to do with uh, Ralph, if that's his real name? He, by now, he's been transported to an Invictus uh, safe house, and when he wakes up, he will be ask questions, quote, <laughs> and so we'll, he, sh he shouldn't be bothering uh, subway drivers anymore then. No, that will stop. <laughs> um, if he's able to give us any information. We will go from there. It looks like we may have to infiltrate the church, the sanctum where he was working, to see if we can get any 
idea of why they wanted why they wanted him to do this but um there are Invictus members who were ex sanctum members that we can call on to do this. If you are if you are further needed in this, we will. Well, I will let you know. All right, I'll help out any way I can. Um. If you if we do ask you to go into the church, I hope you have. Uh, somewhat less goth type clothing if necessary. I I do. I have a few things, yeah. Because, you know, although I've seen some weird things walk into churches, so I don't know. But... <laughs> I could always purchase whatever I need as long as there's shops open late enough at night. <laughs> oh, and he's like in New York, there's always something open. I don't do a lot of walking around during the day. <laughs> well, no, neither do I. <laughs> Although I do have blackout shades on my office if necessary. So, it is a shame that your <sighs> sire didn't help you more than she did after she turned to you. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was more out of necessity than anything. I mean, I suppose she could have let me die. At least she was a good enough person deep down not to not to let that happen. Um, but it is we're having a problem with vampires who turn humans and then just walk away from them. That's not a good thing. No. So, if you do proceed with your thought of turning your bouncer friend, I know you're new. But he's gonna be even newer than you are. So. Right. Well, and he'll have both Nat and me. So. Yeah.
make it easier for him and hopefully the trauma won't be too much. Well, I think we're planning on making it as uh, pleasant for him as possible. And I don't think tonight has been a real pleasant night for him. No. Flying through the air and landing on the pavement is never good. (laughs) And especially if you're human. (laughs) So... But I actually have other matters to attend to connected with this. I now have to fill out a cleaner report. (laughs) So uh, he stands up and shakes your hand again and says, You did a good job with this. Um, Like I said, if we need you again, I won't get in touch. Just in general, since we don't know what the Sanctum wants, just keep an eye out in case somebody comes into the club that doesn't look right. You know okay. I mean? uh, yes. Uh, do you want me to call you if that's the case? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I will. And also, if you have any questions in general, I'm the guy in the area. So. Okay, good to know. Um, You might, I don't know how long Natalie's been turned, but... Uh, she's been a vampire for like 30 years, uh, so. so... Yeah, you might have her help you with the feeding issue and give you ideas and such. I mean, it would be nice to have somewhere closer to where I live and work. Yeah. Where do you live, by the way? Uh, Upstairs. Oh, that's handy. Yes. Especially in New York, that's hard to find. You you got lucky on that one. Uh, Eventually, you'll be able to build a feeding ground in a group of, shall we call them donors? But that takes time. And you've only been in the area for a couple of years. Right. eh, With Natalie's help and when and where I can help, Eventually, you'll get there. Because I think the club will do well, so. 
It has been so far, yeah. You'll be around for a while. And with that, he walk, bids both of you good evening and walks out of the club. And by this time, the, your customers are starting to calm down. You figure it's because of the amount of alcohol they've been drinking. Yeah. You, the people that are dancing, you can definitely tell, are not dancing the way a sober person would be dancing, <laughs> if you get my idea. Uh, they're just sort of falling randomly. <laughs> so. And... Um, Dexter is sitting on one of the sofas on the against one of the far end walls, just sort of sitting there. <laughs> and you turn to the window and there's a wine building. But he's just sitting there going, Okay. <laughs> So what do you do? I'll go over and ask him if he's okay. He's like, not really. Uh, that wasn't pleasant. And then seeing that guy eat that other guy was really not pleasant. No, that wasn't uh, pleasant for anyone involved. Especially that poor guy. Yeah. Well, at least he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. So, what did they do with the guy that did that? Uh, he's in custody. Cause, yeah. As I was on my back on the ground, I saw your three-piece suit friend knock the dude out. <laughs> so I was wondering what they did with him. He's been apprehended. Uh, if you want to go, go tell the, the rest of the people in line that we're full to capacity for the night and then come back in and sit down if you want. Well, and as you look around, you are pretty much full. Because with all the people you let in earlier, with the free drinks, they're not going anywhere. So you are pretty much full. He says, I'll go tell them that We're full, and they're probably not going to get in tonight. And then I'm going to come back in and have a drink myself. Um, and he goes, 
stands up and goes to the door. And you hear much grumbling a couple minutes later because 30 people wanted in the door and you're full. And he comes back in, goes up to the bar, says something to Natalie, and she pours him a drink. He just sort of sits there and nurses the drink at the bar. This is the weirdest night I've ever had. And I, I sort of make eye contact with Natalie over his head, and I'm like, yeah, so far. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, she nods, it's like. <laughs> you think to yourself, and you think this is weird. <laughs> So, the rest of the night goes by fairly smoothly. Dexter goes home about 3.30 in the morning. And Natalie starts closing the club down as the very first rays of Sunrise start to lighten the sky, and, and you're trying to decide whether you want to invite Natalie over or upstairs or not. What at? What level is your guys' relationship at right now? Well, we've um, slept together. <laughs> Which is really hard in a coffin that's basically big, right. big enough for enough. one person. So. <laughs> considering she's bigger than you, yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts on inviting Natalie up to your place? Have you ever well, been over to Natalie's apartment at this point? Yeah, we've been to each other's places. Does she have more space than you do? Or well, not? she actually has a bed and blackout curtains. She didn't go with traditional uh, coffee. Okay. <laughs> 
So you might. I've always been loyal to the goth vampire thing, even when I was alive. So. So, um, this makes you think that you might want to have this staff meeting at Natalie's place. Yeah. Might make Dexter feel a little more comfortable. Right. Because the minute he walks into your bedroom, he's going to have a bit of an issue. Um. So how do you want to end your night? <laughs> well, it's been pretty damn stressful. So yeah, I think we'll uh, head over to her place. <laughs> so the two of you lock up. Uh, what? You gonna take your scooter over and meet her over there, or what? You gonna leave it in the parking lot and get? Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it in the parking lot, and we can take her car. Because yeah. I mean, she works works with me, so we're both going back to my club the next night, anyways. Right. So, the two of you hop in her car. Which is a very nice Audi. She's got money from somewhere in the last 30 years. And she drives to the other side of Greenwich Village where the nicer places are. (laughs) And you said she has an apartment. <laughs> she pulls up into a parking spot in the back of a nicely kept up brownstone apartment building. And She gets out of the driver's side and walks over to the other side of the car and opens the door. And grabs your hand and helps you out of the car. And the two of you walk into the front of the brownstone. Now, you've been there before, so the the security guard that's in the at a desk in the front lobby just sort of waves at the two of you as you go by. She's like, I need to stop real quick for a second check my mailbox so she walks over to the little alcove where all the mailboxes are and checks her mail and the two of you walk up to the third floor where her apartment is 
there is no elevator in this building. So you end up walking up to the third floor. And you get to 305 and she puts a key in and opens the door. And you immediately think to yourself, as you have every time you've been here, it's like, I'm the club owner, and she has an apartment ten times nicer than I do. <laughs> How does this work? Big tips bartending, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you don't know what she did <laughs> before that. Yeah, you, know, you said she's been a vampire for 30 years. You have no mm -hmm. idea what she did in the 28 years before she started working for you. Uh, and... She, you know puts her keys and her purse on a small table in the front hallway and leads you over to the living room sofa. Her living room looks like a human living room. Furniture everywhere. 70-inch TV on the wall. You would think she was a human that lived in the West Village and was doing quite well. In fact, as far as anybody else goes, that's exactly what she is. The only two that know, well, three that know differently at this point are you, Tanner, and uh, forgot the bouncer's name momentarily. Dexter. Dexter. Yeah, when I hear that name, I immediately don't think of a bouncer in a golf club. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just me. Uh, so... You plop down on the sofa next to her. What happens after that? Well, how close is it to sunrise? <laughs> eh. Probably took you 20 minutes to a half an hour to get across. It's approaching... 4.30. So, sunrise is going to be in another hour or so. Right. So, we have time to do some making out then. Yeah. yeah. She's like, well, that was an interesting night. I'm just glad those uh, humans calmed down considerably because 
I was afraid that was going to be a big mess. Yeah. Luckily, Tanner was able to come and pick up the guy and clean up the mess he made. Yes, and I hate to say it, but at least he only got one person. I mean, can you imagine what would have happened if he'd attacked multiple people in line? Or if he'd gotten into the club and then oh. just lost it in the middle of the club. Yeah, that. I'm not sure I would have been able to stay open after something like that. No, that that would have been way too much bad press. Yeah. yeah. My dad to move to upstate New York. <laughs> Golf club in a small town. In a, Tanner, he was saying maybe I should ask you about uh, feeding. Like, how do you? I've just been attacking people in back alleys. Um, there are now. Does Natalie? I'm assuming Natalie knows a chunk of your backstory. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. She goes, well, I don't want to call it quite this, but for lack of a better term, I'll go ahead and do it. There are vampire groupies like you were. Yes. Well. Yeah, they referred to me as a vamp tramp. Well, that's a bit extreme. Uh, <laughs> but there are people. That will let you feed on them as long as agreements are made ahead of time. You don't take too much from one person and you don't feed on them often. So you, it's like they're blood donors? Basically, yes. Should but, I give them these afterwards? <laughs> good. Um, they want to be part of the vampire community, but they don't want to go, shall we say, whole hog, to use a human term. But they think it's cool that they're able to do this and yeah you know, 
they they see themselves as part of our community and and over time you do get to be friends with them because I've been doing it for quite a while now and I find those people. Well used to be kind of random. These days there are organized clubs of them. Um, and above game for those who don't know, this actually exists. Um, <laughs> I can inter- take you to one of their groups and introduce you around a bit. Okay. Since you're, uh. since you're with me, it would make it a little easier for you. And that sounds better than uh, homeless people and cats. Yeah, the blood quality can't be all that good. Speaking of, would you like some? Oh, yes, please. She walks out of the, out of the living room into the kitchen, opens the fridge, has actual bottles of the stuff in the fridge. Brings a bottle and basically two wine glasses. Sets them on the table. Fills the two wine glasses and goes, here. Take Drink as much as you like. We can finish this bottle if you prefer. Thank you. She basically drains a glass. We should probably move this into the bedroom. It won't be long before sunrise. Yes, I'd uh, rather not be caught without the blackout curtains. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fact, you should think about getting those for your apartment above the club. Facts. I had a thought. I don't know how you'll react to this. I was thinking might be easier for you if you moved in here. 
easier for me, but I live right above my club. Well, not necessarily in that sense. But I'm thinking if I'm going to help you, you know, learn to feed and do the things that, that you need to do, plus we are spending half your time over here anyway. True. I sort of look at her and I'm like, are you asking me to move in with you? Yes. That sounds great. So, I don't think we should do it until after we take care of Dex. Uh, one thing at a time. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that. N Natalie goes, yeah. I'm pretty much bisexual. It really doesn't matter either way as far as I'm concerned. Um, is that a problem for you? <laughs> I've known that since we met. Well, is that is Friday is Sunday with Dex going to be a problem? For you. Well, I can take one for the team. Oh. <laughs> uh, if Dex decides he likes the setup, <laughs> one never knows what might happen. But. I guess we can deal with that once we see what his reaction is to the whole thing. Right. He may actually quit and want to have nothing to do with us after. Run away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be unfortunate for him because we're going to need to teach him stuff. Yeah. We might, once he recovers a bit, we might want to make that clear. Because <laughs> at least for a while, he's sort of stuck where he is for various reasons. So let us hope he actually doesn't freak out. <laughs> and you go, well, I've got like four points.
points in persuasion, so hopefully I'd be able to... Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's... At this point, he thinks it's a staff meeting, but when it turns into other things, he won't have an issue with that part. Well, I meant in trying to keep him from freaking out. When yeah. <laughs> so, um... And, uh, and I tell family, I'm like, well, when it comes to it, I can always take my cues from you. <laughs> this is true. Just, you know, don't want you freaking out with the fact that we're dating and then you see me having sex with the guy, it's, you know, even though it is Dexter and we both know who he is, uh, yeah, <laughs> some girls get all jealous about that. <laughs> So, just checking ahead of time is all. I've had to take out a few that had a problem with that <laughs> over the years. No, there's a reason we're doing this, so... so. I don't know. Your Tanner friend doesn't look too bad either as far as that goes. Which he doesn't, by the way. He's quite built and quite handsome for a vampire. Yeah. And dressed in his leather gear. He yeah. He doesn't come across as much in his three-piece suit, but when he was in leather, he was looking pretty good. If the night had turned out differently, he may have had a girl or two hanging on him months by the time the night was over. <laughs> yeah. Which... Is what he was thinking. So he's like, I'm not against hanging out at this club again. Like, just as long as we don't have that crap happen. So, so Natalie, at that point, takes your glass and sets it on the nightstand next to the bed and goes, I think I have other things in mind for my new roommate. And you spend the next what would it be?
eight, nine hours just sort of being together in various ways. And it is definitely, Sunday is definitely going through your head because you've never been with a guy. And the, you said the one time that <laughs> it was attempted, it didn't go well. <laughs> so you're definitely wondering a bit as far as that's concerned. Actually, above game, what time is it? <laughs> uh, my time is 12.31. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll say Saturday goes by rather uneventfully. You have a extremely busy night at the club but Saturdays are usually your busiest night of the week and after work before sunrise Natalie helps you move whatever stuff you want to move out of your apartment into hers uh, she looks at the coffin in the bedroom and goes, you won't be needing that now. What do you want to do with it? Well, since my club is vampire themed, we can move it downstairs and set it up against the wall as decoration. Ambiance. You could do that, or you could, like, she says you could set it next to the bar and actually put shelves on the inside, and I could drink, I could keep, I could store extra liquor in it. Oh, that would be cool, yeah. Storage. Yeah. <laughs> we can get Dexter to put the shelves in. She's like, after tomorrow, we can get him to do almost anything we want him to do. But, so Saturday goes by. Uh, you have another pleasant night at Natalie's. And then, or day at Natalie's, as it were. And then, Sunday night comes. And that's where we're going to leave it. The next time we play this, you will have your Sunday night at the club and then your staff meeting. And we'll see how that goes. So, did you have fun? Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> 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 
may have been a lot of description, but this was the first episode, and that always happens because you're trying to set stuff up. <laughs> As a writer, I appreciate description. So. Had to throw in a little f- combat there. <laughs> and you are nowhere near done with what that's all about. So, I hope we get to play this on a at least semi-regular basis. So, uh, for anybody who watches this later on our YouTube channel, uh, follow our social media. I'll put the listing for that up in a minute. Um, we just hit 10,000 views. We need subscribers in a big way now. Um, the channel is headed toward monetization, but we need you guys to help us out. Um. And um, we also want you to go buy Robin's books on Amazon. Um, hopefully they'll up, be, hopefully, look up Robin under Amazon. And hopefully there'll be a new one out before the end of the year. Put one out for Christmas. You... Yeah, I should have the next one out probably by September or October. Oh, okay. So it's sooner than I thought. That's good. Um, and we'll definitely be back next Sunday, either this vampire game or um, Fallen Dragons. And for those of you who like our Call of Cthulhu stuff that I run on holidays, I've already started working on the one for this upcoming Halloween in October. So, uh, stay tuned for that because, I don't know, I like scary monsters like that and I love seeing what the party does to try and keep themselves alive. I have not seen who wants to play in that yet. We still have to do that. So, well, yeah, I know you will, but I'm hoping Josh will be back by then. Um, his 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 medical issues are getting better, but right now he's also in the middle of summer school, which is a horrible thing all on its own. 
and nobody should ever do it. But, uh, yeah, he said that ends next month, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Because he was, he's always good in Cthulhu. <laughs> so, but with that, we'll say good night for this episode and I'll have it up on our YouTube channel in the next day or two. Come back next week to see which game we're up to. Good night. See you next time.